And tomorrow be a perfect day. May you find love and laughter along the way. Should I keep going? May God keep you in his tender care till he brings us together again. Good night, everybody. Hello. Hi, Merlin. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everything going there in San Francisco? San Fran. Uh, San Fran. Frisco, Frisco, Frisco. It's good. It's good. I'm here in my private office. It's a little cool. My hands are kind of cool. I think I might have that... Uh, Raynaud's syndrome, but I'm not sure. Call you the slow hand. Mm, it's in the weird. <laughs> I've been having I've been having a difficult difficult time, Dan. Why? Because I've been rethinking a lot of the classics and realizing I don't like them that much. Classics, as in the classic rock and roll songs or the books, the You're novels. Not the first person where I, I had a candid talk about how I feel about Jeff Beck and uh, Eric Clapton too. I, I'm just. I don't know. We should save it. We should save it. But, but no. I'm just saying. I'm having a big Rolling Stones thing right now. I'm reevaluating the Rolling Stones. And it's, it's been a very, very complicated, difficult soul searching. If I had a soul, I would literally be searching it right now. Beast, beast of burden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nah. That's okay. You know what I'm doing? Fine. I'm in my private office, like I say, my hands are kind of cold. You have a window <laughs> in there? Uh, you know what? Actually, no. And um, No. But I'm drinking uh, Crystal Geyser uh, lime-flavored sparkling mineral water. Sparkling mineral water because uh, I'm still out of soda stream. What do, you, what do you look at then? Just the wall or do you... You know what, what I'm saying what, in there what, if you don't have a window? You don't have what do you mean? What do you mean? What, 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 what do you look at? I look out the window. I got a big, right, big like window. right now? Yeah. Looking aren't right you looking, out. Aren't you looking like at a computer screen or something? No, I look at the window. Damn, Benjamin, I'm doing podcasts wrong. I thought you had to look at a computer. That's the worst. Huh. Let me see if I can just turn a little bit. Oh, my God. This show's going to be so much better. Oh, my God. Look it's, at about, that. it's about time. Everything, mm, everything's changed. I see my microwave. I see my daughter's goldfish crackers. I see a Drobo hard drive array. Huh. My God. I finally, I finally feel alive inside. And I got a window. You know, maybe. What do you look out on? Nothing. Somebody emailed and said that they would like for you to call out the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, um, oh, shoot, who was that? That was Bob? I can't remember. Yeah, wants me to call out the uh, inbound and outbound L's. Uh, to which my answer would be null, because that would allow triangulation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh. See? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, Are you I saying the, groupie, to... the groupies will be showing up at your doorstep? Um, I don't have a doorstep. <laughs> or do I? Now, if you listen to my other program that I do with my friend John, you would know how much I am learning about how to be stealthy and a little bit like a special forces guy. So I'm probably actually going to be inserting a lot of incorrect information. They call it a canary trap in the CIA. I'm going to be putting in a lot of false information. How is that? Like, isn't that the same thing as a honeypot? Oh, no. I think you're thinking of an, giving somebody an urban dictionary. <laughs> we're we're part of the Wikipedia now. Oh, yeah. So did you, you, were, you were really confused when I sent that. Does that make sense now? I think I got it. Wikipanion is a, it's, well, I'll just say, hang on. Uh, inbound, El Terrible. Uh, sounds like a one car. Uh, or is it? Or was it an outbound three car? <laughs> There's no three cars. I don't know. Or I don't live there. there. Or is there? Yeah. Um, 
Uh, what was it? What were we talking about? How the big trains work in the big city. Oh, look at me. We got rails and things. You got your Ruby on rails. <laughs> I got my Chinese ladies with 45 pink bags. I call them the pink bag mafia. <laughs> they will knock you down. The smaller they are, the angrier they are. They'll knock you on your butt. By Anytime. the way, thank you for sending yes. me the, the URLs uh, to the parlor across the street from you. It was a great read. It's... Did you actually look at it? Yes, I read read a lot about it. We talked it. about that on AD. We shouldn't talk about that on right, here. Let's right? reserve it. Let's just say if you need a manual adjustment, mm, you can you can go and, uh, and and find out. It's 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 Yelp for handies. Moving on. What were we talking about? Rolling Stones, guitars. I had something important. Dan, take me back in the stack. What were we talking about? We got my got my soda here. Looking outside, the trains. Oh, by the way, I I I don't. This is your show. I'm not here to correct you, but um, you should distinguish. There is a, there actually is a big difference between the different kinds of, as my daughter says, fuzzy water. Um, you probably already got mail about this, but uh, seltzer water is not mineral water. Just saying. It. There's a difference in the, the huge, the huge difference. Cause of the carbonation and the contents of the. I don't have a thought on that. But, water. But here, if you want to find out how superior the Soda Stream is, and you know, continue just once again to the tenth power. Shame on Soda Stream for sitting on their sitting on their hands. You know, they should be they should be pumping some. Do- you know what? Can I just say this? They should be pumping CO two and money into the five by five network. At the very least, those jackals should be. I, I, it's empty. I'm sitting here like an animal drinking out of this natural lime flavor. <laughs> like an garbage. animal. <laughs> like an animal. They should be. They should be sending us Soda Stream uh, chargers, carbonators. I don't want to make a big deal about it. Uh, there, so here's the thing. If, you, if you're still, and I know you're not, I know you're not, because you're into this fad called SodaStream, but if you, um, if you really want to see the difference, give yourself a Pepsi challenge. Go out, get, get and if it sounds like you're like me and Groobs, where you, you overcarbonate a little bit, right? No, you got to. Oh. Got to. If you're not waking up kids next door, <laughs> you're not honking hard enough. <laughs> That's right. Honk harder. Really, really fill it up. I also do. I, I do a little. I little do a little burp. Where I'll do a little. Pfft, I'll open the thing up to let it out. Yeah. And I say psych, and I put it back, and I give it more. Prong, prong, Another prong. one after that. Dan Benjamin, I discovered this morning. So I noticed my bottles were getting a little bit translucent. They were they were sort of like my grandpa's oh. grandpa's uh, cataracts, <laughs> and and so I went in and I, I bleached them and I cleaned them out a little bit. Yeah. And it, you know they have expiration dates. Yes. On them. Okay. I, I've been using one. I've been using six regularly that expired in October of 2010. So if you're wondering why I'm the way I am, go back. Go back. Everything after... You know what? I'm going to just... Everything I've done since October of 2010, if you don't like it, it's because I've, <laughs> I've literally been drinking out of a poison bottle. Well, that's pretty much the time that the uh, videos of you talking into your shoes stopped. Oh, my God. Everything's coming together. Um, and those so are the best you, videos. Here's your Pepsi challenge, though. You take some of your uh, some of your serious soda stream. And the thing is, this is not a true Pepsi challenge because the second you decant that, you're going to hear, a, and you're going to know it's the far superior soda stream product. You put that up against a, a, a decent mineral water. Now, now see these Crystal Geyser guys. This is pretty heavily carbonated compared to your Perriers and your Pellegrinos, which are a different kind of mineral water. Compared to that, to that Canada Dry nonsense, sparkling water. Really, you call that sparkling? It may be water, but it sure ain't sparkling. <laughs> or club soda. And again, as we all know, that's very different from tonic water. Tonic water, that's uh, what you use to keep the uh, mosquitoes away. Because of the quinine. Because of the quinine. Mm-hmm. So that's water. 
Uh, I guess that's all my follow-up. That's most of my follow-up. How are you doing? You you were you were going. Oh, did you put this? Did you make a toot about this on the robot? Yeah. Did you make a thing on the sure. thing? Sure. Yep, it's there. Okay, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna retweet you. Retweet okay. you. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you use the internet? Yeah. Okay. I'm still. I'm getting you on Bitnet, but I'm not seeing you on the internet. That's weird. Man, I'll tell you. I, I'm like one of those guys. You ever have to support nerds using Firefox? And they're like, sir, a uh, person's your page are uh, loading correctly. <laughs> Or the cookies, but and you're like, you know why? Because you have 198 <laughs> Grease Monkey scripts that are all fighting each other, like drunk children. And I'm like that now with the Habari. I got so much stuff blocked in Habari. Everything's changed, Dan. Everything's Habari changed. is the Twitter client that you use. It, it's it's changed everything. I mean, you know, I, I, I've liked the ability to mute in um, Tweetbot for a long time, but you understand in Habari you can select a word. You become, you become like the meanest king ever, right? In your own little personal <laughs> kingdom. You select a word, like just say arbitrarily the word mm, iPad and you right click and you say, you say um, mute this word and you'll never see another toot with the word iPad in it. Done. Now the problem is I don't see a lot of groups as toots anymore, which is a mixed blessing as we can all understand. But yeah, you'll, you'll only see his baseball tweets now. He used to have what they call kill files back in the day. If Usenet existed, you know. Which kill file. Kill, kill file. What is ah. a kill file? Uh, oh, God, here we go. Yep. Yep. Um, Dot kill? It's my understanding that a kill file is, uh, or what's the other term they use for, like a bozo file? You can go in and, well, you know, in the terminal or whatever, in your thing, in your newsreader, you could say, well, this guy's obviously an idiot. I don't want to see this person's stuff anymore. Drop in a kill file. Kill file. Does it actually kill the person? I don't know. It's, it's the internet. It's hard to tell. <laughs> They're gone, though, from your... It turns null. Yeah. Should say ack. Should say... Um, I had something important to talk about before the hand jobs. What was it? What were we talking about? Uh, Eric Clapton. You were talking about how you're, you're changing what you're listening to. Hmm. Beast yeah, of burden. Know, hmm. Yeah. You know, they got some really good records. They got some really good records. For sure. For sure. Um, um, you know, people... Hmm, yeah. I thought hmm. you took notes, man. What? I do have notes. You know, I'm struggling, Dan. I'm struggling right now. I'm struggling. Can I tell you why I'm struggling? Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with Mick Jagger as far as you know. You know, um, he looks like something that's been left in a trunk for a while. <laughs> like, not a nice trunk. <laughs> I struggle, Dan. I'm struggling. I'm, I don't tell you why. Okay. The reason I'm struggling is not for the obvious reason. The, 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 the obvious reason would be that people piss and moan about how there's too much blah, 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 blah on here before we get to the advice that makes you cry. Right. Yeah, but the unobvious reason is that that's why we have the show. If this were a show where we just sat here and talked about life improvement, because here's the thing, there's going to be some people who's, and you know me, I don't complain. It's, it's not, I haven't complained since at least October of 2010. But some people will go, blah, 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 blah. Can't you get to the stuff where you make me cry? And other people go, why don't you do bulk bag and Bluetooth anymore? Right. Because, and the thing <laughs> is, you know what that is? You know what they call it in France? A false dilemma. False dilemma. False dilemma, because you need both. You need both. I would. This show would not be fun to do if we just if we just if we just sat around and talked about improving. Hey, I'm Merlin. I'm the productivity guy. Here's my hey, show. You know what you should do? You should get up early and learn how to tie your shoelaces differently. Put your bag right by the door. Here's 135 surprising ways to put on your shoes. <laughs> hey, you know what you need? You need 116 surprising new shoe caddy approaches. Your problem is you don't have a distraction-free shoe environment. 
Look at your environment. It has shoes and distractions. Morton's Fork. Here's a Python script for removing your shoes. <laughs> so you know what I want to say? I'm going to say this one time. All right, go for it. I'm not going to say it. Okay, So good. I said it once. No, I, the thing is, I, I, Dan, I really enjoy doing this program. I, I, and I, I just want to say, I'm going to say this once, I'm going to stipulate this. I, I enjoy doing this program because I like uh, our relationship, especially our public relationship. And I'm, I think people enjoy this. I hope they enjoy it. But, but at, the, at the point when, when anybody starts changing too much about what they do for an, an anonymous notion of what somebody else might like more, I think, I think that's when you become Polly Shore. I think that's I think that's when you get problematic. I think that's when you start changing the program. That that's when you start messing with the format of your show that's gonna get canceled by Oprah anyway. Anyway, that's one to grow on. With that said, I do have a topic for today. You want to talk about a topic? Yes. You're either part of the solution or part of the problem. <sighs> well now I'm tempted to to talk about something else, but I'm not gonna. Okay. I had I had three ideas for today. I had a tooth the other day that a lot of people liked about uh, whether or not you uh, love your work. But we should talk about that on another one. That's a good one. You don't want to do that? You know, I made I, uh, I I made at length. I made fun of those jackals who put out all those bundles that uh, that uh, I don't know. Rip off is such a strong word that help uh, promote the work of independent developers. And I got all this. I got all this. Uh, this heated. Uh, these notes from people who are all mad about that. Mm. You know what? I'm going to say one thing about that. Okay. I'm going to say one thing about that. If you love what you do, don't worry about what I think. I mean, you want to hear how I tie it all together? I love doing this show. I worry about what you think in the sense that if you like it, I hope it's still a show you like. But don't, don't worry about what other people think. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're a social media uh, advisor, like you need to worry about nothing except what other people think. And God bless you, literally. But uh, but I, you know how do you feel about that, Dan? You like to read you like to read mail, you like to read you like to read comments. I, I hope that doesn't sound arrogant. But here's what concerns me. What concerns me is when you start listening too much to the people who go, I, I don't like that thing you do anymore, and I'm not going to listen to it anymore. I don't think there's that much that you could do. And I'm not saying we're getting a lot of that. I don't think we do. If we did, I wouldn't know about it. But but when you start changing based on that, you start cutting muscle because you stop doing the stuff that the people who like what you do like about it. Well, and you know? something that's worth mentioning to kind of support what you're saying is that typically you will hear from the people who are unhappy more than you'll hear from the people who are happy. So if you yeah. were if you were to to tally that up, and and maybe that's not true. I mean, we we do get a lot of positive. Actually, we do. Maybe that's backwards for us. I'm, I'm I'm rolling through the count in my head. We do get a lot of people who email saying we love the show and thank you, and that and that means a lot. But it seems like if there's something negative, yeah, that that'll be the thing that kind of sticks with you. And it's not to and uh, how unfair well, is that to the people who have sent you an email saying I love the show, thanks for doing it. I, I don't know how to say this without without sounding both defensive and psychopathic. But I don't follow a ton of feedback on that stuff yeah. because I, it shouldn't and won't change the stuff that I do. And, well, I mean, and here's I know the, that's, here's that's, the that's, thing. That's, is, that's anathema on the internet today to say that. Oh, yeah. But, but if I people mean, are unhappy comments, with what you're comments doing. Were, comments were not enabled on Revolver. Like you, did, <laughs> you didn't get a chance to go in and say, you know, hey, you know, I kickstarted your tax man. So, like, here's my remarks on what I'd like you to be doing differently. And could you please change the bridge a little bit? And I'm not saying we're the Beatles or anything, but I'm saying you should feel that way too, guys. You should make the thing that you love, which does actually get us to the topic in a second. But please continue. 
if you know if if you don't like something then don't do it anymore if you don't have to it seems so simple or even if you do have to is is your whole uh, thing right your shtick is even if you think you have to maybe you don't have to do it <laughs> did you just identify my shtick well put it away no one wants mm. to see that all right hang on and that's the thing is that people uh you know they'll they'll say oh, i don't i don't like this i don't like that well then stop watching or stop listening or stop participating but they don't mm-hmm. they 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 continue to participate and that I, was my I, whole sorry to lose you as a listener thing it's like if somebody's still up by the way too just saying it, sorry to lose you yeah if you can follow at sorry to lose you i think it still retweets every time you <laughs> say sorry to lose you as a listener you know a lot of the time people will will say i don't i don't like this or please stop doing that or this thing that you did was awful well uh, like i mo- i'm not going to change it really you know, it doesn't mean that I'm like closed off to change, but if you're if you're commenting about something that's sort of fundamental to the way that we do the shows or something, I'm not saying like somebody wants a next and a previous button, uh, which I did need to have, and it was just an oversight when I did the redesign. Thank you for the you know to the, the fifty sixty I was, people I was who suggested and that. I I thought you were extremely civil and gracious when that was pointed out to you on air. Well, I that needed really- to do it; had to be there. Yeah, it was an oversight. But yeah. that's that's not what I'm talking about. It's like the people who are like. I don't like you. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, not everybody will. So, you know, I, I guess. And then you say, I'm sorry to lose you. They come, well, you're not losing me. Yeah. I just don't, well, like, I just don't want you to speak during the show. <laughs> well, that's because you're a pod person. Yeah, that's but, right. But here's, here's the thing. Uh, and, and I mean. When you say that, you don't mean an iPod person, do you? I don't think so. Because I thought no. that's what you meant. Well, you still need FireWire to connect up. They don't even include that anymore. <laughs> Uh, no, no. I mean, it, this is this is not as, as as silly and dramatic as it sounds. I mean, I'm just I'm shucking and jiving here. But but there's something. Let me just give you one example that uh, uh, for myself. I'm trying to think of a really good example. To to be a parodist, uh, you can agree whether or not I'm a good parodist. Uh, you know, you can have your own opinion about that. But when I parody or I make fun, I desperately, ridiculously make fun of NPR. Or just public radio in general, because it's really, really so silly sometimes. Is there any way that I could parody that well enough for you to understand the reference unless I was extremely familiar with public radio? My public radio jokes are freaking funny because I've heard so much public radio that I can make a reference. And you know what? If you don't get the reference, that's okay. But if you do get the reference, you're going to really get the reference. I still listen to public radio and occasionally like it. But that... This gets to the second point, which is, uh, especially, um, gosh, especially with stuff like audio, you know, think about your relationship with like your local, thinking about the DJs or like whoever, like hosted your creature feature. You feel like you knew that person, right? I mean, you feel like you knew them so well, even though you've never met. And that becomes a a very high level, in douche talk, you say it's a very high level of engagement. Mm. You're very interested. You're very passionate about it. And actually, uh, sorry to mention this twice, but on the other program I do, we were just talking about this. Like people who send like these, um, John Roderick (laughs) recently got this very, 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 very long note from somebody who was uh, just talking about how he was ruining everything. He was ruining everything. He was killing music. His his writing was awful. And and, and in writing this to John, they referenced the dozens and dozens of things that he had done. Like knowing like lyrics from his songs, like somebody who just came across what he'd written for the Seattle Weekly and that's it could not have written this kind of extremely disturbing prose because they weren't familiar enough 
for, for that to be the case. Mm. So, so this is the thing. And this is, think about when you're younger and think about when you get crushes on people. And, all, you know, sometimes we don't really know what we want or don't want. All we know is what makes us feel strongly. And this is why teenagers are primarily people who walk around becoming increasingly certain about what they hate. They don't know what they love yet. And I think there's a residual bit of that in our adult DNA where we know we get very passionate about something. We feel very strongly, very emotionally attached to something, right? And in the same way, think about how you could love somebody so much and be in a relationship with them for years and then just hate them so much (laughs) at some point, like after you break up or something. The only way you could really, really, not the only way, but it's really hard to have a strong emotion um, either way about somebody unless that emotion has already found a place in you. You know, like I don't, I don't care about Rick, Mick Romney, Mitt, sorry, Mitt, Mitt, Mitt Romney. A lot of people are very interested in Mitt Romney. They, they got lots of strong feelings about Mitt <laughs> Romney. I, there's not enough null for me to return. I literally couldn't care less. I know you care and that's great, but I don't care. I don't, I'm not even mad about it. I blocked it the first day. I blocked it the first day in the bar. <laughs> I don't see Romney. I got no Romney. There's no Romney. There's zero Romney, you know, and, but that's, this is how it works. And this is the beauty one of the one of like maybe three and a half good things about the internet and the web in particular is that you have an unlimited a, a uh, practically and practical for practical purposes unlimited number of ways to spend your time and attention. And gosh, would I in a million years ever be butthurt that you muted me or unsubscribed from this? Oh my god, let me ruin your day and say no. I totally understand. Yeah. If you want to turn the show off now and go and go make a painting, that'll make me happy. If you want to curse me because I, I got something wrong about Pearl, that's fine too. Like, it's okay. Like, <laughs> we're not housemates. It's all right. You know what I mean? And that's, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many of my friends I've muted just because I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear about that conference. And I'll, maybe I'll unmute them sometime. They're still my friend. They're not a computer program. They're a person. And so, like, I don't hate that person. I don't even hate their tweets. I just don't want to see them today. I'm like, that's part of the problem. And one of the reasons I'm so, I am obsessed and emotional about things like Facebook is that it's conflated friendship, personness, and opinion in a way that is entirely unwholesome to me. And that is a sink for your time and attention that is going to be endless because they've got the hook right into your heart. Your brain shuts down and you just become an unlimited ball of love and hate. You're just rolling along, right? It's like North and South magnets making you spin around in, in, this, in this little cesspool of mixed metaphors. So anyway, if you enjoy the show, I hope you enjoy the show. You know, I'll tell you one thing I really believe, and this actually does get us to the topic, is I think the advice that I am, if, if I'm being a good person, the advice that I'm always open to and the advice that always ends up having the biggest impact on me is the opinions of people I know whom I trust and respect, who can tell me when they think I'm going really right or more often than not really wrong. I think, I think if somebody can tell you, hey, you know what? You're losing your good thing. And I know lots of people try to do that, but like if a million people try to do that, like how useful is that? Well, I guess that's really great. You should go, go, go retool your talk show. Sorry, uh, not the talk show. But do you, follow, do you follow what I mean here? Yeah. Like some of the best advice I've ever gotten is from people saying, I've mentioned this before, but it has, it continues to have a really big effect on me. As I was on uh, David and Katie's uh, Mac Power Users, uh, first time I was on there talking about workflow stuff, and like out of nowhere, David was like, rah, 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 I'm a writer, blah, 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 blah. And, and David said uh, that, that 
and I'm paraphrasing from memory, but he said something like, he says, I think some of the like, smartest things that you've had to say came out of extemporaneous speaking rather than writing. He's like, you know, or like, like your writing or whatever. And I just, it just, I was back on my heels when he said that. I didn't even know how to respond because it's something that should have been right in front of my face the whole time. And it wasn't. Sometimes I need to talk a lot to eventually say something smart. And by sometimes I mean constantly, always. But in that case, that was a reframe that I got from somebody that I really admire. It wasn't somebody going, I don't like it that it takes you too long to talk about the thing that I alone found useful. It was somebody saying, I like your deal, but like, here's something. And he didn't mean it as a note, I don't think. I don't think he meant it as like, oh, here's some career advice. But that's had a, that's had a really big effect on me. It's why I so enjoy doing stuff like this for the other programs that I do, is I'm much more comfortable in that element. I've learned, and this is so straight to our topic, which is the platform. I want to talk about the platform. Oh, the platform. I want to talk about the platform. Okay. And in my case, I realized I just don't like writing to deadline. I like writing. I like writing as part of this bigger thing. I just don't, I don't love writing to deadline. I think there are some people who really, uh, you know, bloggers or uh, journalists, reporters, whatever you want to call it, but people whose job depends on producing a certain amount of words uh, by a certain date and time. And I've realized I just, I don't love doing that. And I sometimes manage to produce something I really like. But as we talked about a bunch on here before, for people like me, and I don't know if you work like this, I know Syracuse doesn't work like this, but for me, the process, <clears throat> excuse me, the process of writing is a process of learning. It's, a pro- it's thinking. It's figuring things out. Writing, writing has been so screwed up by an educational system that teaches us that writing should be like, almost like output from punch cards. You've got your index cards, you've got your outline, and then you spit out this five-paragraph es- five paragraph essay that hopefully gets you a B+. And that has so ruined writing for people because they never get the opportunity to just live inside of an unfinished thing for a while. And I love living inside of an unfinished thing. And that's why I love the platform. I love, you know, I hope I'm not sounding crazy by pulling too many things together, but you know what I don't love? I don't love somebody going, okay, here's the topic. We need 500 words. Go write it. Like, I like that in terms of improv. But, you know, to me, that's not fun to sit there and go, the interesting thing about this application is that it has the ability to do the following four things. <laughs> if you have enjoyed learning about Encyclopedia Brown, please visit your library. I don't enjoy that. I like sitting down and like my favorite things I've ever written started out as something else. And I gave my permission to be a bad guy and go write about the thing I actually wanted. And what came out was extremely different from where I started. And how much is that like a good career? Right? I think that's, I, you know, what's the difference between the, well, first let me tell you what I mean by a platform. May I, may I explore this? The explain platform. Okay. I, I, um, I, I, I what is a platform? Pl- Actually, I was looking on Wikipedia about this. I mean, uh, just to avoid, you know, getting too entangled with Van Hoot. Is, 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 are you using a term platform because you dislike the term brand? Personal brand? No, oh gosh, no. I, I think, that's, that's an interesting, uh, incorrect synonym, but a very interesting one. How are they different? Well, think about brand, think about career, think about job, uh, think about ladder, right? You're going to climb the ladder. You're going to build your brand. You're going to get a job. You're going to have a career. And those are all legitimate things. They're words that have meaning, right? Uh, what's a brand? Um, Oh man, somebody had a great quote about this. Um, if any of the jackals can find this, I'd be grateful. But it's something along the lines of, uh, you know, 
what is it? It's something like, you know, ultimately, like your, your, your brand is not what you say you are. It's what everybody else says about you. Hmm. That's what your brand is. Like you get to pick a logo, but you don't get to pick what everybody actually thinks about you. And building a brand uh, as a company is a way of saying, well, we want you to associate uh, Febreze with the feeling of being done cleaning and giving yourself a little treat by spraying this nice smelling stuff. Turns out. That's actually a very interesting story, <laughs> how Febreze uh, got good. But um, what's a career? Well, a career is strangely... To me, a career is strangely obsessed with everything except the now of your life. You look at your career in terms of your resume. Like, what have you done in the past? What, what are the bullets that you put on your resume? Or, and maybe at the same time, you think of your career as, well, what is the arc? Like, how will I be remembered? You know, when, uh, when they put my name on some building uh, someday, like, how will I be remembered? What is my career? N- nothing wrong with that. And then you got jobs. You know, for most of us, jobs uh, mean a place that you worked and got a paycheck for a while. Jobs could also be things like your gigs, your freelance gigs. In your case, I mean, these apply all, all of these apply to you, right? You got the five by five, uh, you know, radio, what do you call it? The five by five broadcast. Yeah. I like when you say broadcast. I like that. You like that better? I like broadcast better than, than um, shows, but show fits better, right? Well, I, I guess there's a disambiguity around show because are we doing a show right now or is back to work a show? We're doing both. This is an episode of a program. Right. So it, it, a lot of the time people will say show when they mean episode. Yeah. No, I know. It's, it's confusing. But anyway, my, my, my only point being that you've got the brand around five by five and certainly you say like, okay, well, you know, you can really abuse that word. And if you're using that to describe yourself, your personal brand... Let's come back to that. Maybe reputation, as uh, Rand's, your friend Rand yeah, says. Yeah, fine, fine, fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but you got the 505 brand. Um, but you certainly, you've had a, you, for example, have had a career that consists of different kinds of jobs. So I'm thinking about... Uh, he, okay, so I'm going to get this out of the way. Uh, there's, there's someone that I... I, I, I yeah, a friend, an acquaintance. Um, he's a guy who appeared in a lot of Apple ads that wasn't Justin Long. Oh, and Jeff, was, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, uh, you remember? Awesome, and, I love and, him. You don't He's remember? The best. Uh, yeah, exactly. AT and T in the future, you will exactly. I love it. Um, and I got I got some of the best career advice I ever got from this guy who hates when I quote him on this because it does sound so desperately douchey. But you're gonna do it anyway. No, see, I didn't quote him. I didn't even mention him. But here's no. the thing: what's the pl- what's the platform, and how's it different from all those other things? Well. I guess like in, like in software or really in any kind of technology, you've got, you've got a platform where you can, you can think of Facebook as a platform, I guess. You, know? you think of anything where you're making stuff where other stuff goes. I don't know of a simpler way to put it. But this, it's, it, this sounds both douchey um, and unnecessary. And it may be, but I don't care because it's helping me rethink a lot of my own stuff. If you think just in terms of jobs, you become a little bit short-sighted because you tend to think about like, what's my next job? What was my last job? If I want good jobs in my career, what do I put on my resume? And, and all of these things. And then, of course, the branding thing, well, that depends so heavily on what other people think. You know, good luck having that work out. But, but in terms of what you can do transitively to make the kinds of things you want and if you like have the kind of career you like, I think it's very interesting to think about what you do in terms of having a platform for what you do. And, and so I tried to make some notes on this. We'll see if this makes sense. Um, Oh yeah, this is good. Uh, the platform where where, uh, where time and attention go pro. 
Um, and a platform is, the, is thinking about what you do, not simply in terms of what your next job is. It's a way of thinking about how all of the things that you do for the thing, you know, I'm always using that Spanish word, hacer, to make and to do. What is it you want to make and what is it what you want to do? What are the kind of qualities that you want to have to what you do? Um, what kind of opportunities would you like to have? What kind of compensation do you want? I think it's a way of thinking about how, in, an, in a hopefully non-douchey way, how all these things really can and should and do feed into each other. Your opportunity to make the things you want is in part going to be constrained by what kind of money you can make from doing it or health benefits or, or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? In other words, this is, and you and I have gone back and forth on this a few times, I think to much acclaim about, you know, being sort of misunderstanding the idea of like, oh, go quit your job and do your thing. Well, nobody's really saying that, but you know, there's always this, this old canard about like doing what you love, mm. like doing what you love may not ever make you a nickel. And if doing what you love sucks, no one's ever going to see it, like it, and buy it, which is problematic. That's not a branding problem. That's a you suck problem, right? But the platform part is thinking about how these things can, should, and do feed into each other. And I'm trying to avoid using examples from myself. But one I can't get away from is doing the Inbox Zero video. Right. Um, so I did that talk. At, and this is like, I mentioned this because it's what a lot of people, for better or worse, kind of know me for, apart from being a dick, is that uh, <laughs> I did this talk at Google a few years ago. They put the video up. It got ridiculously, I won't say popular, but it got viewed a lot. And it led to lots of things for me until I kind of became the Inbox Zero guy. Like, I, well, what, what, what happened that day? Well, on the one hand, I went in there and it cost me money because I had to put gas in the car and drive to Mountain View. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying there was not a revenue stream associated <laughs> with going and talking at Google. But, you know, in whatever that was, 2006, 2007, Seven. like 2007, yeah. Google offers you the chance to come speak about email in front of the people who made Gmail. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll find a place in my book. I'm going to come down. That's cool. I'll do that. Um, and then what was unexpected about that for me was the fact that, first of all, it did get out there and become as well-known or popular as it was until now it's kind of a phrase in parlance. Um, but that exposure led to more opportunities. Even though I went and did that thing for, for free, if what, it sounds stupid to say that, but I didn't make any money from doing that. I, didn't, I don't make any money from people seeing that video, but it's part of the platform. In retrospect, that sounds so obvious. But again, like what if I had said, oh, give me that video and I'm going to go put it on one of these douche video things and you have to pay a nickel to watch it or you have to download my white paper and get on an email list to watch that. Well, that would have been a really stupid and short-sighted move to not understand that, wow, that was, that was really, I'm really humbled and grateful that I got the opportunity to do that and I'm blown out of the water that that then became something that ended up much bigger than I ever expected. So what does that tell me? Well, that tells me that like this exposure and opportunity that came out of that can help me adjust my time and attention to say, hey, this is something I can, I don't want to say leverage, but maybe this is something I should explore. People seem to like this Inbox Zero stuff. Maybe I should do more stuff with that. It could also make me say, hmm, people seem to like these videos. I wonder if I should do more videos. It could make me say, hmm, people seem to not hate it when I come and speak to their group. Maybe that's something I could do. Now that sounds, again, in retrospect, that sounds so obvious. But you know when it wasn't obvious? When I was driving down in Mountain View. I had no idea that that's, that's what that would turn into. You're just into. going to, to do something. Yeah, and just, just to be, you know, brutally honest, there's a lot of times I go and speak somewhere and I think it's going to turn out great and it doesn't. I think that's going to go well because now I think that's who I am and what I do. And it kind of turns out pretty bad. So 
I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that I think there's something, the, the, the performative part of this is I think it's worth giving yourself permission to, to, to take a dip into the douche pool and think a little bit about what that platform thing could mean to you. Because if you are just thinking about how unhappy you are with your job, your horizons are going to become pretty, pretty short. They're going to become pretty limited. Your options will become limited, better put. Um, because you really are just thinking in terms, if you think too much in the present, well, you're not really looking at what's gone well and poorly in the past, and you're not looking at what could go well or poorly in the future. You just get really ground down into this current situation. And the part where I think the platform stuff differs from a career per se is you could say, well, you know, sort of what have I, what have I got in my arsenal right now? What kind of stuff do I like to do? What stuff do I, am I good at? What stuff do people like to pay for? And then start looking for the next opportunity in all of those different things and at all of those different orthogonal angles, right? So in my case, uh, and I'm sorry, I don't know who specifically is listening to this, so I can't give you an example that's exactly perfect for you. But, you know, if you explore all those angles, like right now I'm looking at doing more podcast stuff because I'm finding that I really like this. And inexplicably enough, some other people do as well. A lot of this stuff doesn't make any money. And sometimes it does. But sometimes, like, I'm blown away to find out that somebody I've admired since I was a child never misses one of my shows. Like, you know, that, if there's anything that gives me the, the courage to not listen to people who don't love it, it's the fact that, like, somebody who wrote 15 of my favorite songs is late for stuff listening to something I made. That's something this platform never could have imagined yeah. when I was 16. Yeah. So, what, you know... What, so what do you do to build with that? Well, if it turns out a lot of people in entertainment like what I do, well, maybe I'll approach them, them to talk about, wow, well, you like this thing. Do you want to do something together, right? You can find more people to collaborate with. Um, the, the money part is obviously the hard part because people don't like paying for stuff. Like money costs money, right? And it's hard. <laughs> but I think if you think about your work in terms of a platform, you start opening up a lot more options. Okay, so let's stop here. Am I, am I being clear about what the term means? Yeah, I think... I, I feel think, like I'm still dancing it. around a little bit. I think I get it. It's, it's a way of saying, and, and the way I'm trying to tie this together with the time and attention stuff, uh, I, I really do believe that time and attention spent well or applied well rewards you, right? When you spend your time well, you learn what to pay attention to. When you pay attention to increasingly more interesting and challenging things, it becomes clear how to spend your time. Or the corollary, if, if you're a dumbass and you spend all of, waste all of your time on stuff that doesn't deserve your attention, like you're not allowed to be too upset about why you're sad, because you haven't figured out how to get yourself out of that. Like, sorry, you know, I don't have a can of spray that's going to fix that. Like, stop paying, stop spending your time on stupid stuff and start paying attention to stuff that challenges you and moves you further along. Another, another aspect of this is what I would just call education and experience. You're constantly learning in these little things, like a little half day at a time, you're learning new stuff all the time. And, and at some point in this almost like Benjamin Franklin way, that should be feeding into this process of what you want to do next, what you want to make next. In my case, to be honest, like I, I like, I, like I say, I like writing. I don't think publishing um, on paper has the same future that it did 30 or 50 years ago. But you know what it can be great for? part of a platform. Mm -hmm. So if you're somebody who's got, let's say what, if you're somebody who's got, um, has been like, look, look for like post secret, think about like something like post secret. Uh, there's all of these, these places now where people have gotten a fairly popular thing, maybe sell some ads on the site. You get a chance to write a book. Look at 37 signals. Talk about a platform. Like they, when I first started really admiring 37 signals, they didn't have anything to sell except their design services, but they made beautiful, beautiful websites that 
people were increasingly copying. And I guess like one decision at a time, they became a very different kind of company to where they could probably do whatever they want right now. They can, I, I assume they do things like put on conferences and things like that. But, you know, and of course, now in retrospect, you know, Fine from Merlin guy goes, well, of course, obviously, they're 37 singles. Well, they used to be just some people in Chicago yeah, sitting around. Just a couple guys. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's the thing. And as you learn more about mm, other people and stuff, as you get more experience, I think these things feed into each other. Um. You know, there's something that, that I, is nagging me yeah. as I listen to you talk about this that I want to kind one, of... Just one thing. <laughs> yeah, no, just one thing. Is that, especially just uh, your comment about 37 Signals being, you know, at, at one point just a few guys, you were saying that you'll, you'll, you'll go out, you'll give one of these talks, you'll say, this is, this is what I'm going to... This is what I do. And then you'll do the talk and you will feel, regardless of what the impression was of the people who were listening to your talk, you yourself will come back and say, oh, that kind of sucked. That didn't go that well. Right. How does that not, how does it or does it not affect you going forward doing the next talk? Or it, 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 doesn't that discourage you? Doesn't that make you feel like, crap, what am I even doing? I'm doing the wrong thing. You right. know, I, I, this isn't, I suck at this. I shouldn't be doing this. I should go find a, <laughs> right. I should go find a job now because uh, who am I kidding? How many more of these will I actually ever get? I'm lucky to have the, what I had. I better, I better go to plan, plan B because that really sucked. How do you stop from going down that path? Well, what if it happens five times? Right. I think how dispiriting that is. Yeah. Or you go, oh my God, that didn't work. That hasn't been working and you just got a Buddhist gift because you finally realized that you're trying to push a rock up a hill just because you thought it was your professional rock. So in my case, Dan, the way you know how this show started, this show started because it was the very beginning of me realizing that I was not doing what I wanted in the way I wanted with my visits where I would go and talk to people. Yeah. And, and, this has now become like the official outlet where I tell these stories in a hopefully redacted form about why it blows my mind what goes on in American companies. And I feel like as far as platform stuff, I feel like I'm doing more good stuff here than trying to sit around with a bunch of people who are acting like their pants aren't on fire. You know, Going and sitting in a room full of people, and yeah, it's pretty good dough to go and do one of those talks, but I, I often come back feeling completely dispirited because it's depressing to sit around and watch a bunch of people in a room be lied to. And it's also on a personal level, really depressing to feel like you have no way to help those people. And then if you did, in my case, if I said what I really believed to those people, which I can do on this show, if I said that, if I said that to the people in the rank and file, and I said that to the people at the top, and I said it to the people who signed a check to bring me there, <laughs> there would be, there would be lots of problems. Yeah. I can't say that. They want to have somebody come in and tell them that everything is mostly fine, except this book you need to buy. And I'm I'm trying to say, no, if you ask me, and you probably shouldn't, but if you ask me, you're approaching your problem in a fundamentally damaging and negative way that can't have a good outcome. You're asking the wrong question. So in coming here and visiting with you, I'm sorry to make this all about me, except that this is something I'm thinking about a lot, and I, I think you guys should too. Um, but, but, but thinking of it in terms of a platform gives, yourself, gives you permission to be a little bit fancy and to think in, instead of thinking about like where you're going to get your next paycheck or what you're going to do to feel less sad today, you can start saying, well, you know, I think again about that Twyla Tharp uh, book, 
you know, when she's in that, uh, the, the creative habit by Twyla Tharp, heavily ghostwritten, that, um, the part where she's in the exploratory part of every project, where she has her big banker's box, where she just throws stuff in. She doesn't even know why she's putting it in there, but she just put it in there. It's just stuff, right? But if you do that kind of thing long enough, you realize, you know, I don't need to worry whether throwing that Billy Joel 7-inch into the box was a good idea. <laughs> because I know this is the part of the project where I just throw stuff in a box. I'm not at the point where I think about whether that's going to make me money. I'm not at the part where I think about whether that's going to get me another gig in the future, that's non-platform thinking. That's thinking really small. In her, her case, she's derived a process where she's pretty squirrely, but still. In that, in that instance, <clears throat> she knows that part of her process is to just start collecting stuff, right? And anybody who writes a lot knows this too. Yeah, you know, like the podcast stuff. Uh, the stuff that we talk about in here, I don't even know where it comes from. Sometimes it comes from stuff people say on Twitter. Sometimes it comes from stuff that I think of in the shower. Sometimes it comes from stuff that you and I have in an offline call. But I never come in here terrified that we won't have anything to talk about because stuff will come up. I trust that process in this instance. So, I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to be doing this show 25 years from now. I mean, and just Twala Tharp isn't worrying about whether she's going to find exactly the right taxonomical system for her Billy Joel 7-inch. All she knows is that she's working on a show about Billy Joel's music, and that might be useful. And that, that works out. So, so part of this is also, though, having, having, a trust in, having a trust in your intuition. Eh, intuition's the wrong word for it. Having trust in yourself, let's put it that way. And in my case, to have your, to the extent possible, and boy, I so suck at this, but like to, in your case, like you said, Dan, like, well, what happens? You go and you go, that sucked. How many of these? Well, it took, it took me a lot. It, it often takes me a lot of those kinds of experiences to go, oh, maybe this isn't the thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Now, is that fancy? Okay. Well, how many times in the last year have you walked around work at your job going, I can't believe that turned out that way again? Well, that's the definition of crazy. If you, again, this, this kind of gets us back to the asking the right question part, because if you're, if you're getting really, really hung up on a question that's no longer an issue, if you're spending a lot of time thinking about something you know you can't or won't do something about, you're, you're rehearsing this way of... You're rehearsing a kind of thinking that removes your brain's plasticity, I think. I, I'm, 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 mis, I'm misusing an actual neurological term there. But, you know, plasticity is a pretty important, important idea in your brain. <laughs> You want to, you know what I mean? You don't want to have just a big hard rock inside of a box up there. You know, you should be, (laughs) you should be learning new things. Keep doing crosswords, guys. Like it helps. And, and, but, but your example is really important, Dan, because if you get enough of those, oh man, that did not work out. It doesn't mean, that doesn't mean quit everything you do and hang it up. It means that maybe you and the world have moved on and you just haven't accepted it yet. And here's the other thing, and this is where we get into the real back to work kind of stuff, the kind of like, you know, thinking about doing your own thing, becoming more independent, even if you're not 100% independent, which is that there's nothing wrong with having lots of irons in the fire. When, so again, think about the inbox zero thing, right? Like I, somebody could look at that in retrospect and go, oh yeah, well, you know, Merlin showed up and then that's the thing. Well, it led me to realize that I wanted to do this different kind of thing. That led me to meet people like David, who in time I found I was simpatico with, where he could give me a note like, you seem to like talking more than you like writing. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, uh, so I'm done giving, exa- I, hope, <clears throat> I hope anyway, giving examples about myself, but I think this applies to lots of people. Dan, it obviously applies to you. Oh, yeah. Opinion. Oh, yeah. But you were thinking about it. And you know what? The fact, let's be honest, the fact that you... Sometimes you're publicly nervous about things. Sometimes you're publicly like, oh my God, like we're all that way, right? If you're not doing that, you're not being honest. 
if you're not a little bit scared about what's coming next, then like get ready because a big rock is probably going to fall on you. <laughs> That's the thing is you're we're all out there hunting and gathering and like wondering where the next thing is going to be. But I guess part of what I'm saying is stop seeing that as as a thing to make you nervous and scared and start seeing that as a chance to be exhilarated by thinking about what angle you could take out of what you've been doing to either make that thing better or do something completely different. But you don't get to do that unless you're open to that being a possibility and unless you just explore stuff enough to let it fail or you get to meet people where it didn't work out. In my case, to like have endless numbers of phone calls with people where like it would be such a bad idea if I work with these people. And now I don't feel bad about that because I'm not helping them if we have a long phone call, 10 long phone calls about something that would never work out. I've gotten better at saying no to people. Mm -hmm. And the people who hate that are people who haven't got, gotten good at saying no to things. They think that's mean. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, platform. 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 Sword of Damocles. Oh. <laughs> I got to learn about the Sword of Damocles. It's a good story. Good. I want to tell you about this thing I like. Can I tell you about the thing I like? I would love to hear it. It's called Byword. B-Y-W-O-R-D. B-Y-W-O-R-D. You can learn about it at Byword app, one, one com. Hey, you know what? What? No, tri no triple dub, Ooh, as far as I can tell. I like it. That was pretty funny. You and, uh, you and King Marco. You, you didn't, nobody liked my show title. I, I like it, King Marco. I, I don't think he would, he would. He didn't like it. But I, was it suggested in the chat room? No, I, I, I sent it to you in the robot. I see version. now that it's in the robot, but I didn't notice during the show. Yeah. I apologize. Um, what is Byword? Byword. Boy, what what so is Byword's platform? The platform for Byword is iCloud and Dropbox and iOS and OS X and all of those different wonderful things. Because here's the thing. Byword is a beautiful app to write in. It is a beautiful app to write in on your Mac. It is a beautiful app to write in on your iPad or your iPhone. Um, and I use it for all of those things. And, and the thing I want to highlight here today, well, two things. Um, the, the features and benefits thing that I, I have to mention is the iCloud and Dropbox integration. Um, so there are certainly lots of apps that do this. Uh, I really like the way Byword does iCloud. So I've got, I almost, I thought I might put up a screenshot of this. I've got like 11 different apps for doing things with words. Yeah, I asked you about that uh, guess a, oh, a week or did, two you ago. you emailed me about that. And, we and I said, which, which one do you like? And you said, oh, I, like, I like different ones for different reasons, but I really, and you, so you were saying how many you have, well, how you many you've what? tried. Let's, let's talk about that later because I, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, mess up the, the Byword thing by telling you that, but well, I'll just tell you this. I'll tell you this. To me, it's a toolbox, right? Like you would never go like, you know, it would be somebody who does not understand carpentry who looks into a toolbox and goes, well, you know, well, why don't you just have one, one screwdriver and throw the rest of those things away? Right. Well, you need different things for different things. And, and to me, this is actually the value that I find. So let me make sure you understand that, that, that right now that this is what you need to know about Byword is it's super pretty easy to write in. It's got amazing markdown support, smart, like intelligent markdown support. You know, you hit a, uh, you make a bullet, uh, whether that's on your iPhone or whatever, you hit return, there's another bullet there. You don't get that in that many apps. Um, so it really is beautiful and I, I hope you look at it. But I want to tell you in particular what I've been using it for. I mentioned this a little bit last week, but I've been thinking of um, Byword as my little writing alcove. It's like this little place where I go for writing words and paragraphs. And so, unlike every other text editor that I have on iOS, all my iOS things all sync with Dropbox, and it's awesome. Uh, there's like three or four apps that I'm using constantly, mostly for writing notes. 
um, for doing little snippets of things, just all kinds of things. I mean, we could talk about those. But in this instance, you know what? I, I took ByWord completely off the Dropbox grid. <laughs> it's just iCloud now. And the, the reason I do that, is I'm loving that. Now I've got like 10 text files, technically markdown files, inside of ByWord that's synced to all of my devices instantly. And it's all places where I go to write. So you hear that phrase like distraction-free writing environment, you know, and which this, this certainly is. If you're looking for a distraction-free writing environment, I, this is the one that I have chosen and would recommend that you choose. There are certainly many, many others, but I like this one a lot. But here's another angle on that distraction-free thing. And that's not just a matter of having like a, a simple background and not much Chrome. Think about it this way. Think about when you really want to write on a piece of paper, if you're a writer. Think about how, how nice it is to go somewhere different that's not where you usually... If you feel like your kitchen table is the source of a lot of chaos uh, and not much writing, why don't you take your piece of paper and go somewhere else? Well, that's how I feel with ByWord. I don't have 700 text files staring at me. Yeah. I've got 10 markdown files, which is the things that I'm writing right now. And I really love that. I mean, I'm not saying you should do it that way. Um, but it's working great for me. And now when I want to go sit down, if I've got a few minutes on the iPad and I want to write, I can just open up by Word, do some typing. And then when I get back to my Mac, I can hit Command-Shift-O and it says open from iCloud and my document is right there. Um, I've had no collisions. I've had no problems. Your mileage may vary, but it's been working great for me. You know, uh, you, could just, you could just start writing in the middle of the night, grab your iPad, type it and in the morning, select all copy and paste it into something. It's terrific. So uh, I really want you to check this out, bywordapp.com. Um, now, I believe this is still correct. This is, no, this is new to iOS. So here's the thing. Right now it's on special for $2.99 American, which is crazy for how good this app is. It's also available on your Mac on the App Store. Uh, it's, uh, you should go to Byword app and read about it. Lots of, uh, lots of famous bloggers have said great things about it, including D Sparks. Um, but if but if you're if you're serious about like actually writing, this alcove approach might be something you'd want to look at. You could certainly still have all of your Dropbox files in there. That's what it's for. But I really like that idea of having this separate place where I go to do the actual writing. And I can't think of a better app to do that with. So uh, please go to bywordapp.com. And like I say, you get it for iOS. You get it for uh, for your OS 10. And uh, we like it a lot. Then we uh, thank Byword for supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. Nice. Nice. It's awful, awful pretty. Oh, you know what? What? I can pull this up. Do it. I, I think I think George did this like almost not specifically for me, but it's pretty cool. Um, George, you mean Jorge? I know, I want to get it right. We should we should get that. Uh, it's uh, pronounced Horg. <laughs> J o r g e Horg. Like Horgy, Horgy and Bess. Yeah. <laughs> Is he a puppet? Was one of those a puppet? I don't think so. Didn't no, they pun- punch and Judy? That's what I'm thinking of. One was a puppet. Punchinello? Yeah. Hey, did you get that thing I sent you? I have received the email. Okay, good. It's good. It's oh, good. I can't My wait do- to check it out. Yeah. It okay, looks good. Where com- is it? Something I can get now? Right here. Merlin Man. On a completely unrelated matter, I would just like to say there is not much. This is, this is so unrelated to what I just said to Dan. It's really, really fun to read a 1941 Batman comic with your kid on a 30-inch monitor. It's a lot of fun. That Joker, man. He's a freaky little dude. <sighs> wow. Look at us. Look how early it is. We're doing this early. Love I it. I oh, I, I love it. I don't want to drain the evergreen. Best from the ever. Show, but... Do you mean drain the lizard? Thinking of drain the lizard. Uh, I think I think I think. I think no. You know what? Moving on. 
Anyway, um, I like this platform thinking. I, I, I can't tell you that it's had giant effects for me yet, but I, I think it gets to the stuff that we talk about a lot on here around creativity and around uh, your career. And you know, if we if we were to pause for even half a second, we could probably think about a lot of people where this is the f- certainly, obviously, famous examples of people that either discover the next thing that they wanted to do in kind of a surprising way, um, maybe people who ran into a wall with their career and then found some little doorway they didn't realize was there. Um, and you don't even have to call it a platform, but the the, the idea that I want to get at at the at the somewhere at the center of it though is that. If you have stuff you really want to make and you have things you really want to do, those don't, abs- those don't exist in obscurity, right? It's, there's this, oh gosh, who wrote this? I want to say Alice Walker. There's a wonderful short story called Everyday Use. And it's about an African-American family, you know, and one of the, it was written in, I think, the early 70s and, you know, rural people and the daughter had gone to college and came back and she was all fancy and, and uh, this quilt that they had in the family, there, she was like, oh, this is, this is, it's art now, right? This is beautiful. It's too good for everyday use. And her family <laughs> thought how silly that was. Well, she, that's exactly what it's for, is for everyday use. It's, it's not to go put in a museum. Like, this is part of our life. And, and like, how funny is it that all these things that we claim are really important end up being put up on this very, very tall, very special, very expensive shelf where they never get touched, let, maybe not even looked at. They get thought about at our low moments, but we don't actually do anything about it. So I can't, I can't help you with the problem of not knowing. I can try to help you with the problem of, of not knowing what you want to make or do, what you want to assair. But if you have those things, and this could even be little things, but like whatever it is you enjoy doing, like what are the steps that you could take in several different directions for doing something with that, right? And like if you're, I'm trying to, what's a good example? Give me, an, uh, give me a job, Dan. Give me a job. Uh, web designer. Okay, web design. Now, who was I talking to? Oh, yeah, somebody I was talking I was working on something for my kid's school, talking to another, this woman who's also been doing this stuff since the mid-90s. And we're talking about how funny it was, that term webmaster. Like, what in the hell does that term mean? <laughs> what, what did it ever mean? Like, it, it could be somebody who, like... <laughs> it was like an apology for, it was like a way to say, we don't know what to call this person because we ourselves don't understand what this person does. However, we realize this it is critically important that this person work here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it has it had that on several levels because yes, certainly anything that had to do with this this big like there be dragons area called the internet. Anybody the the the, the antisocial weirdo who dealt with that was, as we all knew, the webmaster, which is kind of like the dungeon master or the ranker wrangler, I guess. But don't you feel bad for the ranker wrangler? I feel bad for that guy. Mm. He's so sad that his ranker died. Well, I mean, he yeah. should have known better. He shouldn't have been too attached. I think he used to be in a zoo. I'm pretty sure the ranker used to be in a zoo. Like maybe like a carnival, but the webmaster could be somebody like in my case, what did a webmaster do? <laughs> my webmaster job was making these horrible web pages that I made and uploaded them with, <clears throat> excuse me, uploading them with fetch or anarchy. Um, you know, using a table for the navigation, like all that. That's what a webmaster was. But you know what? Like a lot of my friends who were smarter than me and made more money, their webmastering was, as I've said before, Apache CGI.com yeah. for like whatever they're doing, whatever, and I like, like lower, much lower, closer to the metal kind of stuff. But in time, webmaster also came to mean for a while, it could mean you were kind of like the project manager. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Could be it was the marketing person. It could be it was a lady who answered the phones and saved stuff out of front page. I mean, do you remember this? Like that was the webmaster. The webmaster yeah. was whoever dealt with that. They were the person that was in charge of the web for the company. And now today, you talk about like a web designer, and you know, which I guess today we call an interaction designer or whatever. I don't right. know. Is, that, is, that, is that true? I don't know. You know what the difference between a web designer and an interaction designer is? I do 30, not. 30,000 bucks a year. <laughs> It's the third time I've told that joke on here. It's good. Still not funny. Um, still, still haven't but, written it down. No, that's good. That's smart. That's why you should capture that. Um, but a web designer. Okay. Well, web designer uh, today uh, certainly has to know things about visual design. But if you were to draw, do a mind map, where you, like if I were to draw uh, a mind map and start with the word web designer, the phrase web designer in the middle of the page, I would draw a lot of little sun rays out of that in directions like this. Uh, visual design, Photoshop skills, information architecture, uh, wireframes and flows, uh, JavaScript, um, emerging CSS platforms, um, project project management, um, uh, marketing and branding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so that's just off the top of my head. But I, I you know, and you can dispute those maybe in your job. But I think you, if you think about all the things that all the technologies and careers and options. That, that just that title web designer touches upon, right? Um, you, there are very few people who sit and just flip one switch all day. We interact with a lot of people. And let's be honest, if you're at this one job for a really long time, you might start to even lose track of like how, how many different things you've done, how many different things you've learned, how many different kinds of jobs it can touch. And, and so in that instance, if somebody's a web designer and they're looking at different things, well, the, I guess the obvious thing would be to become better at being a web designer. But you could also be in a position where you say, you know what, um, I, feel like, I feel like the really interesting stuff is not happening in Photoshop at my company. The really interesting stuff is happening more in the development area. And while I'm not ready to become a Rails expert, I certainly could pick up a little bit more JavaScript. Or you could say, hmm, you know, it, it seems like we're outsourcing, like whatever. Let's say we're, we're, moving to, we're moving to Joomla. So less and less than this stuff, I might end up going more into production, which is not the direction I'd like this to go. I might want to try some, some different things. I might want to instead, hey, you know what? This marketing stuff isn't as bad as I thought. The marketing and branding stuff, maybe I should go talk to these people. Those are all super obvious ones. Another one is, hey, maybe I should be a web designer at a different company. Maybe I should have the exact same job someplace else. Another one could be, you know, I really love music and I never did anything with my band, but it would be kind of cool if I worked um, with a local community center that does stuff with kids and music and offered to do website stuff for them. These are just, these are just, I'm sorry, I'm just coming up with these from off the top of my head. But to use a, a word I stole from Cory Doctorow and end up using incorrectly all the time now, what are the orthogonal angles? Like, what are all the different... You know, I think when we think about our jobs, we tend to think about a relatively small number of angles, right? We've got this cardinal angle of, here's my job, my job, it sucks. We've got the opposite of that. Like, if you think about, if you think about the job as you have it now as being the 12 of a clock, you've got, <laughs> you've got, uh, job, this is job. And then what is the opposite <laughs> of job? Opposite of job is six. That's like, there's everything else in the world. It's all these, uh, I want everything that I don't get. One of the most interesting angles would be at like three and nine, something orthogonal. Like mm. I, I'm not sure if I'm using that right. But what if you take it and you turn it? Is there is there an angle to this? And and this this is again this goes back to classic mind mapping, like what color is your parachute kind of stuff. There's all kinds of there's all kinds of different aspects to what you do that involve different technologies, different uh, relationships, 
Um, people are often really surprised. I mean, there's that obvious example of like a 3M. You know, oh God, I want to get into Jonah Lair. Can I beg you not to get me started on Jonah Lair? All right, but, I won't. But, but, okay, have you captured that and never talked to me about Jonah Lair? Okay, written down. Because he's not a neuroscientist. <laughs> um, turns out, <laughs> <laughs> you think more creatively in a blue room. Really? <laughs> How many times has that been replicated out of curiosity? Okay, I begged you not to get me started. Um, you could you could start out with you could start out with something like okay like a great example of like a 3M where they discovered that this thing that they thought was going to be a great glue wasn't sticking very well and of course blah blah a little while later they had sticky notes because that's creativity creativity is seeing how this thing may not be what it seems but that doesn't make it useless right and when you when you have an openness about your career or your whatever and you have an honesty about what your actual horizons are and you have a certain amount of ambition about believing that it's worthwhile to do the things that you want to do and to make the things that you want to make you might start looking for more options and you know a, a big on that big clock face one of those things that might be at two o'clock is people you know and haven't talked to in a while right another one could be like i say like uh, an ambition or a passion you had a long time ago that's been sitting dormant you know, it doesn't mean that you should, you know, go out and be Billy Bragg and drive around in a car doing gigs. Well, you know, again, if you suck, like that's not going to be a great seller. But if we, but the platform part to me is like once you get your head around all these logistical things, and to me, these logistical things are on some level start with being open to the idea that you're worthy of something like a douchey term like a platform. But then what I think you start doing is you start trying things. And you start realizing that there may be connections that were not there before, but you don't find those connections until you start doing them. Uh, again, I'm failing at this because all I can think of are, are examples involving me because like, I don't know you. Okay, how about this, Dan? Uh, you started out having the talk show, right? I yeah. mean, before there was a 5x5, five five, there was the talk show. Yes, and uh, a failed show before that. Okay, but but like then that's that's kind of what started five by five. Definitely. You talked to some people. You got you know you got Zeldman and you got Syracuse. So what are you doing? On the one hand, now you've got and you know I don't want to talk too much about school here, but let's talk about some other things. So you started having more podcasts. Okay, well that's definitely an angle. You started bringing in new topics. You got Baseball Boy now, right? You got Chart Boy. <laughs> you got all these people doing stuff that were not about the web. Yeah, which is kind of what it started being. Web and Apple and stuff is what it started being about. You've got uh, the Incomparable. I don't know what that show is about, but it's really good. Um, and so forth, right? And so, but then what? You and I have talked, let's talk about some of the things we've talked about. We've talked about doing that show about movies. We've talked about having the show about movies hosted at the Alamo Draft House. We've talked about, you know, we'd like to maybe have a conference yeah, someday. Definitely. Right? And, and again, these all seem somewhat obvious now. You know why they seem obvious? They seem obvious because they, they're, they're the next step. Right. But they weren't the next step six steps ago. That's the platform. The platforms, the platform is whatever it is that helps you see what the next steps could be, and it's it's a it's damn sure a long way from just sitting somewhere going like here's my job right now. That can still be part of the platform. The platform part to me is going like the more that you learn, the more time you spend on these things, the more you explore all these different angles, the more you realize what you probably should never even try to do, <laughs> avoiding the things that you don't particularly like unless they're beneficial and produce great things. But it's it, it, it's. To me, it's a framework for understanding time and attention in terms of what you actually produce. And, and on another show, we can talk more about the, the creative process and, and how that feeds into this. But I'm really talking more on like a professional level here. Like, am I making and doing the things that I like? Am I work? We talked about this with things like lawyers. Am I working with the kind of people I like spending time with? Right? And if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, producing what I like, 
you know, what would have to change or what could potentially change or just be tweaked for me to try something slightly different? And then how do I learn from that to learn about the next thing? Right? You don't take the organic chem final until you show up for the first day of organic chem. It's cumulative. And I think that's kind of what a platform is. I'm going to quote myself on that again. That's a good one. Platform. Yeah. When time and attention go pro. That was very good. Yeah. Really? Yeah, really good. Wow. Dan, thank you. Hmm. I also am, have a bias toward the words pro, the, you know, pro and going pro. I like that. Yeah. That, uh, there's this really squirrely guy. I've given away so many copies of this book. I gave away a copy of this book last, last week. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pressfield wrote that book, War of Art. He's, he's just, he's loony as like a bag of bananas, but he's got such interesting stuff, stuff to say about resistance. And the phrase he uses a lot is going pro, right? When you get to this point where, eh, sounds facile to say, making excuses, but where, where you go from saying like, uh, this is a thing where I'm allowed to, to suck and not do it to like, no, this is just what I do now. This is what I do. In his yeah. case, being, being a writer, you know, it could be a, a whatever. Like if you got frustrated the first time you picked up a cello and you didn't sound like Pablo Casals, that's, a, that's one example of what you're talking about. Oh my gosh, that didn't go well. I sure am embarrassed. Well, that probably happened to Pablo Casals too. Like he didn't, he didn't bust the bock the way he did until he spent a lot of time with the bow, you know, working it left, right, left. You know what I'm saying? You know, Jimmy Page used to, used to bow. Yeah, I sure did. You know what those things cost? They're very costly, those bows. Horsehair. Save it for the after dark. Can we button this up? Let's do it. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin man.